This was my dream. I dreamed that I awoke. That was the most powerful part of the dream, for in my dream I realized I had been asleep, a long, long sleep from the very beginning of things. And I saw myself there in the pool room asleep. Then I saw myself start, my eyes open, and I dreamed that I saw. What awakened me, I asked in my dream. You awaken yourself, answered a voice nearby. I turned about, but no one was near. Who are you, I asked. I am that something, came the reply. But where are you? I am hidden in your soul. For some moments, I thought over what was said, and I stammered, how, how did you get there? I was born there. Why, I have not known you were there before. No man knows it, answered the voice, until he awakes. Are you in other men's souls as well? There is that something in every man's soul, which can move the mountains or dry the seas. Then you must be faith. Yes, came the answer. I am faith, but I am more. I am that which makes the men face the fires of hell and win. Then you must be confidence. Yes, I am more than confidence. I am that which makes the babbling brooks lift worlds upon their wavelets. You are power, I cried. Yes, I am more than power, answered the voice. I am that which makes the wretched failure lift himself up and rule the world. You are ambition, I know you now. Yes, I am all that you say, faith, confidence, power, ambition, and more. For greater than all of these is that something. I am that which every man must find in his soul, or else he will be but a clutterer of the earth on which he lives. But how can man find you? Even as you're finding me now, first you must awaken and then seek, and when you have found, you must learn to control. Control what, I ask, confused? That something. Borrow it from your soul and baptize your life with it. Anoint your eyes that you may see. Anoint your ears that you may hear. Anoint your heart that you may be. But tell me, I cried frantically, for the voice was now trailing off to almost nothing. How could I do this? How? How? This is the secret, came the voice to me, as the whisper of a gentle breeze. These words, I will. That was from B.J. Palmer's Bigness of Fellwood in 1949. I just wanted to show you, you can get this online. You don't have to have a five-pound green book to walk around with. Um, this stuff is out there in droves, if you're interested. So I've had a lot of people tell me, oh, it's too expensive to get a green book. Okay, fine. Then go online and start reading. Right? But it's those two words, I will. And what this, this story is called the story of that something. Right? What is that something? What is the thing that you possess that can change the world? Right? And it's, it's actually your mind and your hands are the two things that we possess that can change the world, if you really think about it. Here's an example. Monday night, little baby comes into my office, uh, 14 months old, does not eat solid food. Right? Only breast milk and water, that's it. Cannot chew any solid food. You put solid food into the baby's mouth, baby chokes, spits it out, rules it out of its mouth, it cannot eat solid food under any circumstance. She's been to all kinds of doctors, nobody knows what's wrong. They say you need this, 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 and this, and this. <clears throat> we examine her, find she has an atlas subluxation, and then find that she has her, one of her TMJ temporomandibular joints is not functioning correctly. So when she sucks, instead of sucking, you know, instead of the TMJ moving like this, it moves like this, right? So she doesn't, what, what's her real problem? Right, she doesn't know how to chew, right? She can't get that down. So I adjust her atlas, I put my fingers on a TMJ joint, adjust her TMJ joint, the mom goes out of the, into the, we have like a snack area like this, the baby goes like this, grabs onto a veggie stick, puts it in her mouth and starts chewing for the first time ever. 
And the mom emailed us yesterday, and we're going to post this soon. Mom emailed us yesterday that she's been eating up a storm ever since. No problems. One adjustment. Stop telling me you need drugs in this profession. Stop telling me you need diet pulse and megasonolators and, and tens units, all stuff. You do not need that stuff in chiropractic. You can use it, but you don't need it in this profession. You know what you need is you need your brains and your hands. That's that something. That's that something. You went to any other chiropractor who doesn't know this kind of thing, they'll say, I can't help this kid. I don't know what's wrong. He doesn't have a musculoskeletal problem, right? There's no musculoskeletal issue here. There's no pain. How do I deal with pain? He wasn't in a car. She was not a personal injury case. I can't take this kind of case. And if you think I'm kidding, I'm not, because I get referrals from other chiropractors all the time saying that. Saying I, there was a, I have a, a, a patient who was in a car accident and their kid was in a car accident, but I won't take care of the kid. And I'm taking care of this little boy right now. Because I don't, I, don't, I don't take care of kids. Why don't you take care of kids? Trained here at Life University. I don't take, well, uh, liability, uh, I don't know what to do, I'm afraid. Who needs it more than the kids? Who needs it more than the kids? I, I had a hockey injury last year. I needed to have surgery. And as I was recovering from the surgery, I was not allowed to do any sort of adjusting whatsoever. But I begged my sur the surgeon, I said, can I just adjust the babies? I just want to adjust the babies, right? He said, okay, I'll let you adjust the babies. So my interns were doing all the adjusting, and I only adjusted the babies. And there was a Friday, two weeks after my surgery, that I adjusted 45 babies in a single day. 45 kids under the age of two. Right? Who needs it more? I, I, at the end of that day, I was like, this is so good. I may want to do this forever. Right? I, so I want just the kids. Give me the kids and the pregnant women. I don't really care about the adults. The adults will come in anyway because it's, their kids are getting adjusted and they see the miracles. And, and you hear all the time, oh, you know, you, it's so hard to get the kids on the care. And I don't, no, it isn't. I get the kid on the care first and then the adults come. It depends on what you believe. It depends on what your I will is. It depends on what your that something is. If your that something is to make a lot of money, then don't listen to me. Become a PI chiropractor. You'll make a tremendous amount of money because personal injury is very lucrative. If that's what you want, if that's your thing, if your end goal is lots of money, then that is a great way to do it. If your end goal is lots of service, then take care of the kids. Because the kids need it. Let's suppose this child did not come see a chiropractor. The next path is going to another, she's already been to her pediatrician who doesn't know what's going on. So now let's say the kid is like two years old or a year and a half and still not eating. Then we're going to go, well, now, this is called food refusal. That's what this is called because I've seen this before. I've seen what's happened before. Food refusal. So now what are they going to start doing? They, they won't actually force me, what they'll start doing is give you drugs to make them hungry. They'll start giving Prevacid and Pepsid and some of these other kind of things because some of the, the Zantac, because some of the byproducts of this stuff is to help make them hungry so they can eat. So the kid starts eating, forcibly eating this stuff, but now it's a TMJ problem. So every time the kid is like a piece of celery or a carrot or whatever, what happens to the child? Because they don't know how to choose something that, that 
heart, what would happen to a child like that? They would choke, right? So what would the mom, you give a uh, two-year-old a carrot, and the kid would choke. What would the mom instinctively do? I am not giving this kid any carrots. No carrots, no salad, no vegetables. The salad, you know, lettuce, forget it. It would get caught in her throat. So what would you eat instead? Yeah, let's, uh, you know, bread, cook cheese, french fries. They're really easy to eat. Cheese, mac and cheese, cheese, pizza. And now you fast forward this, and now you have some kid who's like either ADHD, hyper, running around like a crazy person because there's so much sugar in their system. Right? Later on, she, now she gets diabetes because her pancreas is so messed up because of all the carbs that she's eating. Right? So now you got, now she's taking uh, the Zantac for her stomach and the insulin for her diabetes and the Ritalin for ADHD. And you wonder what power it is in your hands. It's just my little hands. No, it's not. No, it's not. It's so much more, right? And it's up to you. It's up to you as to how you want to approach this. You know, I approach this with desperation. I approach this with urgency. I approach this, my, my thought process is if I don't adjust them, Something bad's going to happen to them. It's up to me, right? It's up to me. Because if I don't do it, who's going to? You have to get so sold on the power of yourself and your adjustment that you realize that whoever is under your care should be eternally grateful to you. Because you changed their life. Not in a cocky way, not in like an arrogant, proud way, but in a way like, this person is going to get unbelievable benefits, more benefits than they'll ever know. See, and I could talk about that one particular child and say, you know, her trajectory, think about the two different lives that we had. Because now the little girls be totally normal, have a normal, healthy, happy life, versus having diabetes and ADHD and all this. And here's the thing, I can say that that's probably, the, you can see the different trajectory, but what's even more important is what about all the stuff that never happens because you adjust them. The unquantifiables, right? The thing that the child, like this girl, let's say she's getting adjusted, so now she'll get adjusted the rest of her life and she won't get ADHD, but how would you know that, right? You wouldn't know that, it's just a supposition. But how many other people, adults or kids, that you adjust and something will happen to them and they won't develop that particular issue, problem, disease, infirmity, etc., because you adjusted them, and they stayed under your care. That, to me, is even more miraculous. It's even more miraculous. The stuff that we never see happen because they were adjusted. Right? It's amazing to have the miracles that I just reported, right? and that's really cool to see the, the huge changes, but what's even more amazing is the stuff that we'll never see, we'll never read about, we'll never know, because you and I put our hands in them. That's that something. And that even goes for people who are PI chiropractors. It's that you'll never know it. But that adjustment, the seven or eight or 10, 12 adjustments you might have done to that person, might have completely, totally changed your life. And you'll never even know it. But wouldn't it be better to see the kids, right? Wouldn't it be better to see the pregnant moms? Wouldn't it be better to have them bring your two-day-old baby to see you, this itty-bitty little 
tiny baby and say, take my baby and just make sure this baby is as perfect as he or she should be. There is nothing better. Right? I, I can't imagine any other profession in the world that does what we do and gets this much, can get this much satisfaction and joy out of what we do. I can guarantee you plumbers aren't sitting around this time in the morning getting all psyched up about the next latest toilet that they're going to invent or something, right? It's just not happening, right? Much as it, plumbers are very important, right? Plumbing actually changed the world. Did you realize that? Right? The number one reason why we are not as sick as we used to be is not because of antibiotics, it's because of plumbing. Plumbing and refrigeration, right? But I don't think that plumbers get together and celebrate that, right? I don't see, I don't, and maybe I'm wrong, but it, I don't, I've never been to a plumbing convention. Uh, or I never actually went to a plumbing school, right? The technical school that they go to get, they get trained you know, to do this. I don't know if they sit and talk like this. Something tells me I doubt it. Maybe I should ask the next plumber who comes to the house. <laughs> Did you ever get psyched up about plumbing before? I don't know. It's probably a good question. But I want you to think about that. Right? Think about, is, can you think of any other thing that you'd want rather do that would produce this sort of results, this kind of miracles? And yeah, it's hard. I recognize that. You know, I, was, I went through it too. And yeah, it costs a lot of money. I recognize that, right? I came out of school, 1989, $100,000 in debt, which is equivalent to your $200,000. Right, so I get that. But guess what? That's called the ticket in. That's your, that's your ticket. So stop complaining about it. Right, you want to see Taylor Swift? How much does Taylor Swift ticket cost? Like $100, $150 to see Taylor Swift? Do you complain? Oh, it's so expensive to see Taylor Swift. No, I can't wait. I can't wait to see Taylor Swift, right? She's a filter reader. This would be so cool, right? You get all pumped up, right? Because that's how much it costs, right? That's just the ticket. You want to go see Taylor Swift? It's going to cost $150. You want to become a chiropractor? It's going to cost $200. So what? You'll pay it back. You will. You will pay it back. $200,000, let me tell you something. $200,000 is nothing. It is nothing. Change your mindset. It is nothing. In the, in the grand scheme of things, it is nothing. You'll make so much money, you won't even know what it is. If you change your mindset, you gotta change your mindset. And it's not about the money, is it? No. It's about the service. As you sow, so also shall you reap. Right? You sow a lot, you reap a lot. And I'm not doing it for the reaping, I'm doing it for the sowing. I'm doing it because I want to go to sleep at night knowing that I did the right thing. I want to go to sleep at night knowing that I changed another life. I changed another life. I saved another life. Because I'm telling you, you don't, right? My responsibility is this, right now. If there was a, if there was a, a counter on this thing, one child dead, another child dead, another child dead, another child dead, because they didn't get adjusted. Every second, another kid with asthma is dying, another kid with some other kind of problem is dying. Another kid's diagnosed with autism. Another kid with ADHD. Another kid with diabetes because I didn't talk to him. I want to I one day look at that ticker and say, it's not ticking as fast as it was anymore. And it's because of what I did and because of what you did. But once again, what does it all boil down to? Those two words right there, I will. What will you do? 
what will you focus on? Will you focus on the service or the student loans? Will you focus on the OSCEs or why you're doing, why you're taking the OSCEs? Why you're taking the OSCEs, right. Why you're taking the OSCEs. It's not, the OSCEs are not the thing. It's why you're taking the OSCEs are the thing. The reason you're taking the OSCEs is so you can do this. God bless you. The reason you're taking boards is so you can do this. The reason you're in this classroom is so you can do this. In whatever way you choose to do it. Because there's no right or wrong. You know, I just have a passion about kids. But my job, like I said, first class, I'm going to get you excited if this excites you.